Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where, as usual, you'll find the two of us uh, delivering you thought and comment on three topics of the moment, hopefully without repetition, deviation or hesitation. My name is Chris Bowne. I'm the editor of Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. And the first topic we're going to look at this week is the last of the American hotel groups, uh, results, quarterly results for the first quarter, and um, we have rounded up uh, Choice, uh, Marriott, and Park Hotels, looking at them together uh, in our hotel analyst perspective this week. Choice, of course, uh, have reinstated their dividend because they're back in the black, but uh, their kind of good mood and view that things are going to be coming back to normal and then they're going to be even leaner and fitter and smarter as a result of their. Uh, pandemic weight loss program <laughs> uh, that, that view seems to be also joined by uh, the folk at Marriott too um, and uh, Park Hotels as a landlord also had some comments to make on the way they see things running a bit differently in the future um, but uh, certainly the, the, the view common among uh, the big hotel chain uh, bosses is that they're going to perform more strongly as we come back they're seeing some strong performances already, particularly in America and China from their hotels. Um, and also, again, reiterating the comments of others that uh, they see good opportunities for um, good group and uh, and conference business coming back too. So um, all good news, isn't it, Andrew? I think so, Chris. You've obviously been listening to some Radio 4 panel shows, haven't you? So just a I have. Yes. Um, well done, you spot that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, the good news, I think, is Marriott saying 95% of their hotels are open. We are on the way back. Hurrah. Um, we're getting there. Uh, I think there are some challenges. I think later in this podcast, we're going to talk about some of those challenges. Um, but for me, uh, alongside Marriott's performance, it was also Choice's performance. And I think at the moment, these asset-like brand companies are um, doing something of a balancing act because they're in a difficult position. On the one hand, they've got to say, look, we are super resilient. Um, we've got a great business model. Um, please, you know, start um, boosting up our share prices. Um, <laughs> let us recover properly. But at the same time, they're saying, um, oh, um, you know, this has been as bad for us, Mr. Owner, or Mrs. Owner, um, as it has been um, <laughs> for, um, you. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm slightly, and it really struck me, particularly with choice. Um, so the messaging, com messaging coming out of the, that um, analyst conference call is, you know we are we're, we're now paying a dividend again um and our royalty rates have, have actually gone up during this um and we're now exceeding five percent for the first time ever in our royalty rate um this is at a moment when owners are staring at huge financial losses um mm. i think that is quite a difficult thing to be shouting about right now um that, that i think they have to talk about the resilience because that is one of the things but um if you you know i'd contrast you know with how some of the landlords the owners have behaved when it's you know the boots on the other foot as it were and and the landlords are looking at um, the operators um, particularly leased um, arrangements and they've you know by and large come to some decent deals they're offering typically 50 percent rent reductions where properties are closed um 
I don't see so much largesse coming out of the the brand companies during mm. this period, and I suspect there's going to be a few owners looking at their agreements. I mean, I think we've had a you know the pendulum has swung very much more towards owners. There's been it's been hugely asymmetric the relationship historically because you've got global brand companies and a very f- fragmented ownership base. Um, smart lawyers have come in and and sorted a lot of that out. I think perhaps there's a bit further to go with this uh in 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 terms of well maybe a bit more um pain sharing um and upside sharing as well i think Mm. you have to have that and i wonder whether there's you know we're going to see some of that i think there's certainly going to be a bit of a pushback um from owners uh that will be resisted um no doubt by the the brand companies um and of course so i think well, one of the things is that one of the things that's that's clear is that they're still working out what the pandemic means for brand standards in the future, and perhaps there's yeah. an opportunity there to give a little bit back to the. Uh, well, I, I I certainly think they've done that. I mean, I, th- I think in most of those areas, I think that it's very hard to criticize. You know, if you read Choice, if you read Marriott, they've done a lot in terms of brand standards. They've done a lot in terms of operating procedures to take take the heat out. And they, they you know, to your piece, Chris, very much looks at this mm. um, in terms of how they've got a lower cost base coming out of this, and they hope to maintain that as we get into the recovery period so i think that's all good and that's is kind of to be expected i i just think that you know in in terms of you've got marriott talking about actually we've you know, we've only seen um our franchise fees go down 26 percent compared to where we were two years ago for this this q1 period so you think actually you know there are a lot of owners out there would would love to be only down 26 percent mm. in terms of revenue um so I, I think it's quite problematic with that and them not being prepared to sort of cut some of those fees which they largely haven't done mm. i think and and yes. i think that De- deferral is the best that you can expect yeah and that, and that is just deferral so and i think you know there is some sort of discussion i think around that um likely to occur especially with the i'm, I'm surprised that the bigger owners haven't actually you know started wielding a bit more of a stick than they have but uh anyway that's something maybe we'll see i'm I'm not sure but it's just a um well frankly i doubt we'll see a lot of it but it's something that at some point um i believe does need to be addressed um separately uh, one other thing i i did come out of the the marriott numbers um this was uh in in terms of you know we've had a lot of talk about how the future is going to be uh uh, limited service hotels it's going to be extended stay hotels um marit says well actually no 40 percent of its pipeline is full service and of that 40 percent a quarter is in the luxury tier and what ceo tony capilano said was look um the fees coming out of a luxury hotel are 10 times that of a limited service hotel Mm. so clearly you know the the quality of the pipeline matters a lot and they're keen to stress that it's not just you know what's your nug like which we go on about quite a bit but it's actually what the quality of that nug is that net unit growth um so if you if you're mostly 
limited service it's not going to be as uh, beneficial as more skewed towards luxury properties which are going to deliver higher fee levels and and drive the drive the portfolio forward faster um so i, th- I think that's a you know a, an interesting an interesting point to make so um it's, it's firmly firmly points out that the marriott's leaving that quite a big segment of the market alone aren't they they're not they're not you know they're the biggest player in in hotels they're not going to play very actively in that part of the market no in in that economy segment that's for sure mm. I, I i don't don't think they see that they they like the higher margin bit that comes um further up the the chain scale segments i think and that seems to be where they they've um set their stall out as it were mm. now for all that the uh the big asset light brands think things are looking good and uh, starting to turn nicely uh, if you're a spanish hotel company owning lots of your hotels things are not looking so great because europe's still been largely in lockdown in recent months uh, there's been not much business to be had and so we see that spanish groups melia and uh, nh are both uh, still on the back foot and worrying about the liquidity um, while they still worry about whether or not they're actually going to be able to welcome many foreign tourists into Spain this summer. Um, and as a result, both have announced that they're going to be selling down hotels, doing sale and leasebacks, sale and manage back agreements uh, to reduce their uh, their debts. Um, this, uh, this, at this late stage in, in, the, in the pandemic, this is still where they need to be. Uh, Emilia of perhaps financially stressed than, uh, than NH, although of course NH has got the majority shareholder Minor International who've uh, agreed to put another 100 million euros into the pot to help keep things going. Uh, but the, the tough time is certainly far from over for our Spanish friends. Indeed, and I'm, I'm not sure that Mint is in that much better a position than NH itself, actually, no. given the exposure in Thailand and the collapse in that uh, tourist industry in yeah. in Thailand. I mean, it has got its uh, uh, you know food businesses and that sort of thing, which will help, but uh, um, certainly the hotels bit of Mint is is suffering just as much as NH. So uh, I think it's pain all round um, on that one. If we look uh, at what's going on here um i think this is this is really an extended um of all of the 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 sort of sectors in us um in the industry it it is this uh resort sector which is going to be most hammered um um, arguably alongside um, conference hotels um and and it's very difficult to see things coming back this summer so we had easyjet actually today um saying that uh, they are now going to fly just 10 percent um of 2019 uh 15 percent sorry of um 2019 capacity levels in the third quarter um it was already as it flown barely 10 percent in q2 so uh it, it's clearly not coming back at, at, at any sort of pace anywhere near like enough to sustain and um, get profits back 
um Tui have said that um we're looking at running 75 percent just scaling back from 80 percent which he was talking about a few months ago but frankly 75 percent looks unfeasible this summer i really just don't see it happening so it's going to be a good summer for northern europeans the the scandinavians the germans the brits um hoteliers it's going to be pretty good because as we've pointed out several times the net tourism balance is usually negative for those territories it's going to be positive because of the huge frictions we've got at the borders um um i i don't see it coming back um quick enough um and i think it's just it's it's going to be a very difficult summer this is going to lead to um even more damage to balance sheets um quite how these are repaired um i i you know uh, the kind of you know capital raisings going on at the moment are just nowhere near enough uh, nh is going to have to do radically more now quite what's involved and i think you make the point chris that they're going to be selling off a lot of their assets i think that and some more i think major corporate restructions are going to be happening and even more so i think uh, um, among the privately held groups the big and small ones um, as we've also remarked previously if you're privately held your range of options is more limited at least as a listed company you can go to shareholders um, there's so little debt in the market um, available to you from traditional sources the the sources that the people who will offer you money are people probably looking to get a position in your company and perhaps you know loan to own as it were um, and I, I think that's what we're going to be seeing a lot of um, um, op- you know come sort of christmas time and uh, into early next year um major restructurings afoot i think in southern europe well and of course nhs seems to have been laboring under a great big uh, necklace of debt for as long as i've been reporting on them um well quite i mean they have been linked to you know the the list of hotel companies they've not been linked to is probably shorter than the (laughs) than the list of hotel companies that that they have been linked to certainly every global major i think has cast an eye over them um because it's an obvious you know uh, way to get in Mm. there they're you know they're a nice company in terms of the portfolio they have unfortunately the leases are a huge problem for the the global major brand companies none of which want them um you know were um say wazoo having done um um steigenberger still um having an appetite i think that you know that would be a possibility but i really doubt that Mm. um at the moment um maybe there will be somebody step up and do a wazoo type deal here but that will be a private equity type player it's not going to be one of the existing uh, um 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 operators in in the market at the moment is um so i i don't see there being a, a, a an easy route out of this this problem that um nh and to an extent as you said Melia is healthier but they're going to have to do some radical stuff i suspect as well mm. now well perhaps one thing they might usefully use is a ground lease to draw some cash in let's take a look at those because we've been uh, uh leases have a perhaps a new potential as we come out of the pandemic to provide decent cash injection for quite a few hotel uh, owners and one recent deal in london saw um vivian the uh, luxembourg-based hotel uh, owner uh, pull in a 54 million pounds by selling a ground lease on their St Martin's Lane Hotel um, in London. So just to give you a flavour for what, what that is, it's a it's a 200 year promise to pay rent uh, under the lease. 
uh, they'll be paying 1.2 million pounds per year so it reflects a yield to the uh, the owner of the Grandleys of about um, 2%. Um, now, it wasn't so long ago that ground leases were kind of viewed as ooh, a bit of a, a bit of a dodgy looking out there looking kind of new financial instrument. Um, are they? And there, there were people quite quite publicly happy to say that they weren't sure about them. They were worried that if with, within perhaps two or three or five years, they might have all gone badly wrong. Now, perhaps some of them have. But one of the interesting things about the last year is how many of them have have stood the test of this massive shock of the pandemic so um are we are we going to be seeing quite a few more ground leases i think we probably are because there seems to be an appetite for investors for this very long dated very kind of uh secure fixed income uh and if you own a, a property and um and need some cash this could be actually quite a cheap route to getting that cash in right now yeah, I, I think the, the, the reputation of ground rents, it, it, the, the negative reputation, comes off the back of where they've been used to simply extract too much debt in a mm-hmm. deal, and that, that they've been pushed as a way of meeting the gap, basically, um, because the buyers have overpaid and they've got to raise some more money to actually beat the 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 deal price they've agreed and this is why they've got a negative reputation where the underlying capital stack is fine um there's nothing at all wrong with ground rents and they are likely to come back into fashion i think um because they're one of the the few sort of economical ways of raising debt Mm. at the moment so you talk to people about what debt is available in the market so the traditional lenders who might be charging a more reasonable price for debt um, are, have all pretty much left town they're not interested in putting more money out there um, sometimes to existing clients yes but by and large no forget it and if you're going out to some of the other lenders that are there um, as you found out Chris when you chatted mm. to people um, the price is eye-watering to quote um, one you know a, a number of different hoteliers um, yeah you know uh, and and this is the problem but you know a ground lease actually is a a relatively cheap way of raising some debt if your capital structure is able to to sustain it and uh, if if basically if you haven't done the deal in the last two or three years um, the chances are you probably have a decent capital stack and you'll be able to go and do a ground rent deal if you've already got a ground rent deal on a already stretched capital stack no this obviously isn't a solution so um you know it's they can be used but it's that old joke about how porcupines make love um they need to be used carefully (laughs) and now we're going to get on to our five star and no star awards for the week so um this week i think we're going to award five stars to the buyers who are out in some number um, we've seen village hotels pick up a, a property to add, convert and add to its portfolio. Hand-picked hotels bought three. The in collection have bought another one to add to their their collection. Uh, and these are these are just not uh, these aren't just the only three. I could pick another half dozen quite easily. Um, but great news that um, hoteliers are getting out there, picking up not necessarily massive bargains, but picking up properties that they can quickly flip, put into their brands portfolios, and uh, get on and trade. 
yeah i mean this fits the narrative that we have which is you're not going to get bargains but you're going to get opportunities to grow your portfolio which you normally wouldn't get so and and these companies are taking those opportunities um and deals are getting done so this is this is good news and no stars uh, for the uk government this week uh, for the fresh round of dithering um as andrew just mentioned you know easy jets cut back on its uh, on its flight schedule for the coming months because we've had uh, we've had uh, a threat that we might hold up the final steps of the UK government roadmap because they failed frankly they failed to stop enough visitors from India coming in and bringing a fresh new strain of covid into the country so once again here we are not quite sure what's going to happen next yeah um and again we seem to be being led by the precautionary principle rather than look demonstrate show us the evidence that we can't open up properly first um otherwise we're going to open up properly and actually as we get into this what we find out is well actually this indian strain um is it's kept at bay by the vaccines okay you might catch it but the critical thing about not being hospitalized and not dying um (laughs) the vaccines deliver on that um so actually there really isn't any reason you know health services are not going to be overwhelmed even if this does um um turn into a major transmission issue um, um, which is surely the critical thing about opening up now this is an endemic disease um, we're not going to get rid of it so therefore long as it's not overwhelming health service long as people aren't being made seriously ill or dying we just got to start opening up again stop this this being caution 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 we can't carry on with this uh, approach and we we need government to step up um and say look we are going to meet this timetable and we are going to open up on this i i i have fears now that we're going to see some sort of bodged opening on the 21st because this 17th of may the earlier this week the opening um is okay but most businesses in our sector are still going to be struggling to make any money it's the 21st of june when we're supposed to see all social distancing go when we see masks and all of this stuff go which is when people are going to be able to make some cash um if this is if we're still saying oh well we're going to have social distancing still you're still going to have to operate below capacity we're still going to have this this tracing system going on we're going to have to have tests (laughs) um or if we have this kind of environment um after the 21st of june um it's going to be massively problematic and is really going to delay um the return of normality or Mm. normalcy um as joe biden would have it and we, we've got to have that and we, we're seeing that now in the states we're, we're seeing that they've, they've been the masks you know they're opening up and let's go with that let's do this and stop being hijacked by the the health lobby who who you know safety first yeah. all the time um we don't run other bits of the economy on this basis we don't do that for the the, the motor industry we as we've remarked before otherwise we'd you know we'd be walking with a red flag in front of our cars we're not being forced to do that why are we being forced to open up hospitality on that same precautionary basis enough already <laughs> and there's plenty of hoteliers all around the mediterranean who are equally keen for uh, the whole thing to be opened up as well because they're desperate to see their uh, tourist visitors 
um, from Will Roger. Yeah, no, quite. I, I think, well, I think the problem they've got is, uh, um, you know, I certainly am not getting on a plane if I've got a queue for several hours at an airport, um, getting out and um, coming back. Um, the horror of that with a, you know, with a family. <laughs> no thanks. Um, and, and 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 again, you know, what happens if one of the, your family test positive you know which is not an immaterial mm. likelihood even you know the, with false positives so you know what you know what a blinking disaster that is so um no thanks not until we get back to normality um are we gonna you know and that isn't gonna happen this summer so i mean sure some people will jump on a plane yeah, you know I, I mean i wouldn't hesitate about jumping on a plane for a business trip but i'm, I'm certainly not going to go on a family holiday i'm i've booked up to to scotland and um providing nicola sturgeon doesn't um, <laughs> meet me with pitchforks at the border I she will may be yet there. annex <laughs> and on that happy note <laughs> we'll say goodbye for now <laughs>